just give up. So let's give up Pastor David Hall a very big, warm West Coast welcome as he comes. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. God bless you. Uh, it is such a privilege to be here. Uh, I am I'm so grateful to God's hands on South Australia. It's better than the other states. At the, mo- at the moment, we're the dirty state, though. Victoria, for a while, we, we just got to sit in judgment at Victoria. And we got a bit arrogant. Pride kicked in. And pride comes before a fall. And then Parafield, which is five minutes from my church. Uh, I mean, dr- drive past Life. Well, yes, yeah, the Life Point cluster. The Modbury cluster. And, uh, and so, I mean, what a, what a year it's been. Everything was going great. Yet our biggest number of souls in one service on a Thursday night in February, it's crazy. Two weeks later, we all got grounded. Uh, the Prime Minister grounded us all. Guys, I haven't done anything wrong, but uh, we're grounded. Churches shut down. We, had, we all became televangelists. We all got our teeth done. And, uh, and uh, we'll sing afterwards. We'll sing that at the end during the altar. Thank you so much, Kylie. Thanks, Kylie. I just feel the Lord telling me to sound Kylie. It's just, no, thank you, Kimberly. God bless you. There was a Kylie. Who's Kylie? Hi, Kylie. God, God bless you. She's left. She's offended. Nah, she's, yeah, I called her Kimberly. She's, Kylie's left. She's gone down to the church on the corner. Yeah. It's a lot of, there's a lot of options. If you get offended, you can just walk next door. That's the ultimate way, too. Like, if Rob, if Rob preaches something mischievous, you just walk out and go, nah, I'm going next door. And uh, go next door, but give it time. You guys will probably own that soon anyway. What a year. So, so I just, I, it's just apparent to me, if I could be a little bit cheeky, just how lacking faith some Christians have been in this season. People are more excited about masks than prayer meetings. They're more, they're more excited about, about the, uh, the, this pandemic. And so I, I, I've been... A little bit, just try to provoke our people to, to just remind them that while this thing is a pandemic and while this thing is everywhere, uh, there's still a force that's greater, and that's still the miracle-working power of God. And so it's no different to any other disease that was still paid for uh, at the whipping post 2,000 years ago, and, and the atonement can... Uh, conquer that as well. And so I, I would love to uh, turn together, I- if we could, to the, to, the book of, to the book of Acts in the second chapter. Now, there, are, there is a, I accidentally read the third chapter the other day. I was very, con- <laughs> I was very confused. I, I, I found more than one way to preach on Acts chapter 2. Whenever I preach on Acts chapter 2, it has tears to it. All right, here we go again. <laughs> here we go again. I do, probably one of my greatest joys is to be able to minister to other pastors. And, you know, you, you, you look around the room and, you know, people like McElroy Sue literally scrubbed the loos in a truck stop to raise money to pioneer that world tour you know in, in many ways I, I get to I get to I had an easy easier pathway into this thing because my, my parents were ministers and 
so there was some at this point inheritance I had some opportunities that I didn't have to fight for like guys like you did and so I sometimes feel like you get you get to preach here uh, but but there's probably so much more I can learn by listening to all of you than you can from me but fortunately you're not the one preaching today I am so I've got to try and come up with something so <laughs> Pastor Stewart gave me his notes this morning so <laughs> you know uh, so Acts chapter 2, do you know what, I, I will do that the whole time, just, just don't worry about it, if we find a mutually agreeable level, let's just find that and, and stick to it. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, look coughing does make us a little nervous uh, in services, so if you could just try and control it, Pastor Paulina, a little nervous, given the title of my message, uh, Firstly, let's go to Acts chapter 2. I was going to say Acts chapter 1, but, but, but I don't need to do that. I'll just go from Acts chapter 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, it's still my belief for every church that we need our day of Pentecost to fully come. We need that move of the Spirit of God that, that every believer has a Pentecost. Every believer is filled with the Holy Ghost. There'll be evidence of speaking in other tongues. And does anyone still believe in other tongues? Call Rabashanda, just, uh, just to prove it. Uh, that the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house. But they were sitting there, appeared under them cloven tongues of fire. One sat upon each of them and they were all filled. I love that, they were all filled. Can I just say, my, my conviction as a minister is that that's a word for my church. That everyone that's a part of my church would all be filled. It wouldn't be 80% filled and 20% searching. I want a church full of people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. And there dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven, when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. I love that. Some people think... You know, that when we, we, they got the baptism in the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, one guy spoke German, one person spoke Cantonese, another one spoke uh, Italian. They just spoke in tongues that we could hear it, that, that heard them. How, how is it that we hear each of these in our own language? Speak the wonderful works of God. It was, it was as much an anointing coming on the hearers uh, as, the, as the preacher says, uh, that, where, where are we up to? When this sound occurred, the multitude came together. Uh, they're all confused because everyone, because everyone heard them speak in his own language. They're all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, and not all these who speak Galileans. How is it that we hear each in our own language uh, in which we were born? Parthians and Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya and adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Ro uh, from Rome, <laughs> yeah, but there were some from Rome as well, Rome. Uh, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans, Arabs, we heard them speaking in our own tongues. We heard them, them, we heard them speaking in our own tongue, the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, these are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted his voice and said to them, men of Judea, all you who dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and ha hearken or he heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, it's only the third hour of the day. But this is that, or this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon 
all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. This is that. Uh, I, I, I don't know about you, but I need some of this in my that, or I need some of that in my this. I, we've got this coronavirus, I need that in my this. I, I need that power of the Holy Spirit in my this, my circumstance. You might have a sick body, you need some that in your this. I've had this back problem, well, you need some that in this. Does that make sense? I'm confusing myself. But, 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 I, but I read that passage and realize that is the, the birthplace of everything we are. And it's the birthplace of, of the move of the Holy Spirit. And it's a moment in history where uh, we first encountered the power of the Holy Spirit. And long after COVID-19 is over, Dunamis 2020 will still remain. The power of the Holy Spirit will still remain. This is not a new, uh, this is not a new pandemic, uh, pastors and leaders, brothers and sisters. This, uh, this has been around for 2,000 years. Uh, patient Zero's name was Jesus. It still is Jesus. He got COVID-19, uh, wrong, sorry, he got dunamis. He got dunamis 20. Acts 10.38 says, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. So he got dunamis. And uh, so he had it. And you would have thought he would have been responsible, but there he goes breathing on his disciples. And so then, then they go into the upper room for a 10-day incubation period. And, and then, and then Dunamis 19 suddenly uh, arrives in that room and, and they go into Jerusalem. I mean, it, 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 and it spread, it, it spread everywhere. It went from one to 120, from 120 to 3,000, and then from 3,000 to about 8,000. It says 5,000 in total, but that didn't include women and kids. So I'm being conservative because as a pastor, you never want to exaggerate your numbers. How is it that we always give conservative estimates on everyone else, but give ours our own faith? Anyway, but, and so, so this thing, this thing spread. And, but, but I will say this about, see, COVID, we were very worried about this new strain we've had emerging. It's, it's very scary when there's a, a strain of a disease without symptoms. I'm very worried about that. that, that they're, they're the scariest ones, the ones that don't actually make you sick. Now, I do believe that there's a, I do believe there's a disease. I'm, not, I'm just, I'm being cheeky. I'm, you know, at my church, they, we have to live stream now, so I have to behave. But there's no live stream today, so I feel like we should just let our hair down and, and minister to the brethren. Uh, but this, uh, this, this, this Dunamis 20, it is not, uh, it's not asymptomatic. There are some symptoms. Now, I've, I've spoken to some health professionals about some of the symptoms. Uh, one, of the, one of the symptoms of Dunamis 20 is that the lame walk, so, so uh, the blind see, Mass conversion, miraculous prison escapes. There, there's a spiritual translation. You could find yourself in one location and then suddenly speaking to an Ethiopian eunuch. You've got to be very, very, very nervous. If you get Dunamis 19, you may be translated. You might, might go from here to Wyala in just a moment of time and bless God. I mean, you were translated. They got Dunamis 20 and ended up from Mackay in Wyala supernaturally by the grace of God. And then there's... Uh, also, it's actually quite powerful. There's also uh, deliverance from snake bites, palsies healed. Uh, you also, some people when they get dunamis 20, it's rare, not everyone, but some have actually claimed to have had spontaneous cranial combustion. 
Followed by, that means their head's set on fire. Followed by undecipherable speech and drunk-like symptoms. Now, I'm, I'm carrying on a little bit silly with this. But the point I'm trying to make is the world ha- has gone into fear. So how do we respond as a church? I, I'm determined to remind our people at our church that Jesus still heals. That, that there's no disease that he can't heal. That we have to, something, I mean, I, I love COVID masters, but, but they need to stay full of the Holy Ghost and, and trust God. And I, we, I, but we're, gonna, we're training some dunamis marshals in our church as well to carry out the power of God. Because my, my thing is, I see it so much in pastors I talk to, places I go, people are nervous, they're, they're, they're worried about something. And to be honest with you, in South Australia, we are quite blessed. And, 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 and it's a reality. I know five people that have died of this thing. So it's a, it's a real thing. But at the same time, I, I've watched it uh, get to the very, it's almost like the thing that has attacked the most is faith. And so what, what's come out is fear in, in our people, fear in our leadership. What decisions are we making? We don't even have the confidence to make a decision for the new year. We don't know what's going to be. And so, and so for me, I guess, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, say nothing's gone on in the world, but what I am saying is it's still a greater power at work. And that power lives on the inside of us. That's the, that's the spirit of God. That's the, and, and so, and so this, this, this move of God, this anointing on, in the early church, we all know this, but the power of God fills that upper room. And, and then in Acts chapter 8, Samaritans are getting saved. The Bible says in Acts chapter 8, verse 5, many gave heed to the preaching and they were baptized in water. Simon the sorcerer, he's famous. He had a reputation. He was a sorcerer. He gets born again in Acts chapter 8. Then the Ethiopian in Acts chapter 8, the apostle Paul, minding his own business, or he wasn't, he was minding everyone else's business, but the power of God comes in, he's radically born again. God was moving. God was doing supernatural things. Then in in Cornelius' house, 120 people get filled with the Spirit. That was the most monumental moment in biblical history after Pentecost in terms of the early church because the power of God uh, came upon God's chosen people, but then God opened the door for the rest of the world. to get. There. It went from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria. Then now, now we're talking to the ends of the earth, and this, is, this move of God is for everybody, and the power of God was in that what Peter's preaching. I don't know how to spake, but I can't wait until I learn. Because when you spake, the Holy Ghost falls. The Bible says, well, Peter, you spake, the Holy Ghost fell. And then the next chapter, he testifies. He says, oh, it was awesome. God was preaching the Holy Spirit. They were just like us again. Again, it was a whole new paradigm. New people were getting this move of God that had never had this move of God. Uh, they're, they're coming into salvation and baptism in the Spirit. And, and Peter says, well, they spoke at the beginning, but God's doing a new thing. I actually feel that's a word for the church, that God wants to do something new. It might have a bit of the aroma of some of the good old days. I think every revival builds on, on the past, but God wants to do a new thing. And I believe with all of my heart, this, this COVID-19 is the devil's best attempt to stop the church being the church. But how many know Jesus is building his church? And, and, so, and so this, the, the, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm getting off on tangents. Lydia got saved, Acts chapter 6, and a whole bunch of women got saved, actually. The jailer in Acts 16, the Athenaeans in Acts 17, the Corinthians in Acts chapter 18. This move of God spread, and he's still spreading in the earth. I'm preaching in Wellington, New Zealand one day. 
And I was preaching, actually, on an idea from the past, when the Holy Ghost came upon me to be able to preach in Jerusalem to meet with some brothers. And he was, it dawned on me that dwelling, the capital city, dwelling place, I thought to myself, I couldn't stop and believe it. So I Googled, Wellington's the furthermost capital city in the world from Jerusalem. So you think the dunamis tower, Jesus said, to the ends of the earth, I think Invercargill or, or, or Tarong, I'm not, I can't remember which city, uh, is the furthermost city from Jerusalem. You think, it was, it was, to me it was so inspiring to actually be able to stand in an atmosphere that is a direct fulfillment of the totality of that word. And, and I believe that, man, I feel like I've been in the Spirit. I'm believing God that the greatest anointing we've ever seen is coming on our churches. The greatest measure of God's power when we pray for people, we release something and see God do something. But I, I believe we've got to make sure as the household of faith, as leaders, that, that we are not uh, bowing to this thing. I understand keeping safe. I, our church is right on the corner of a pretty main road uh, going up towards Golden Grove in Adelaide. If, you know, our car park just waiting for somebody to knock on the door and do an inspection. We've had the police turn up. We've, we've had them uh, come into the building and we've negotiated with them at times and said it might be better you don't come in right now. <laughs> they came in. Uh, we got a warning. and uh, But, you know, it wasn't a bad one. It was a gentle warning. But it's in John Griffith's name, so it's him that has to pay the bill anyway. Glory to God, which is good. It's how it should be. But the problem with this, the problem with this uh, move of God, move of this well, pandemic, is it, it has chipped away. When I when I look at this and I'll show you at, at nearly every method that the early church adopted to spread the gospel, to spread to spread the move of God. So it says, you know, you have to stay certain distances apart. You you're not allowed to gather. You're not. You're not allowed to, in Sydney on Sunday, you know, it's hard to go to church. I'm wearing a mask. I had to because of the law. And you're not allowed to sit. So you're in church in a mask. And I look around because I'm trying to preach the word. And it's a great church to pastor. It's wonderful. But I just thought, it, I guess it really dawned on me just how lucky we are to be able to pray and have our church open. The other part of it, I realized what, what this has actually taken away from the body of Christ. And I know some people, go, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll blog about it and post about it and go, oh, it's wonderful. It's just redefining everything. No, at the end of the day, I, I think we're going to let some sickness have any bearing over the direction of what God's called us to do. But, but the truth is, it's still, it's taken something from the faith that, that, that we have as a church corporately. And, and I believe it's our job not to argue with the rules know, break the law, or we've got to be responsible. It is our job to make sure that we're speaking in faith and, 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 and still being carriers of the power of the Holy Spirit into our people. Otherwise, I think this thing could uh, do more damage than we were even really believing. It could happen if we engulf the spiritual sensitivity of, of our churches. And so I, I wanted to preach today. I, I, I thought, We've had a COVID pandemic, so how do we have a Holy Ghost pandemic? So I'll give you, by the way, I must, I must admit something. Dean O'Keefe and I, Dr. the Reverend Doctor, uh, it's actually what he wants to be called, the Art Reverend. So I called him Dean, he said, no, it's Dr. Dean. So I had to confess, so Doc. Uh, so he, he and I had coffee a few weeks ago, and he started talking about a paper he used to write about 
How do we have a Holy Ghost pandemic? Some of these are just thoughts that the first one is actually something I think we need to spell out. So this is the first thought, and, and it's pretty simple. This is not complex. How do we have a Holy Ghost pandemic? Okay, so first of all, my friend's church in Melbourne, I'm only coming back this week. Just remember that, this week. Acts, uh, Hebrews 10.25, what does it say? Yeah, no, do not forsake the You know, don't, don't forsake church. Not like the, not like the Goldbergs. They, they, not not like them. They, they, they are lazy. And he says, even the more, as you see the day approaching. I don't know what day the rapture of the church is going to come, but I know what day is the day of the Lord is going to come. And I believe it's going to be a big day. I believe there's coming a day where the trump of God's going to sound. We're going to hear the voice of the archangel, and there's going to be a shout in heaven. But I don't know what day the rapture is going to happen. The only thing I know, Pastor Dean, and please correct me, O theologian, if you if you disagree, feel free to interrupt uh, the, the proceedings. My my theological view of the rapture of the church is the only thing we know is it's going to be a cloudy day, and so I don't know. So if it's not cloudy, feel free to continue in your willful sin. But if you think. If you see clouds developing, that could be the day because the Bible says he's going to appear in the clouds. We're, we're, we're going to be taken up. He's going to descend from heaven with a shout and thus we'll be taken up. Thus shall we also be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with those words. It's going to be a cloudy day. That's all we know. But what I, what I, regardless of your eschatology, which if you disagree with me is wrong, but regardless of your eschatology, there is a day of the Lord approaching. And the word of God here says, do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together, even the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. So a pandemic comes, the first one in my lifetime and yours, where we're not allowed to go to church. I think we've got to fight back when these doors open and tell our people to come to church. Because there's a lot of backslidden Christians right now. They don't even realize it. We've got young people in our church who see a Sunday, oh, we just got into the habit of having a coffee on Sunday mornings after church. That's great, but you know, some, you know, I believe you can backslide. I'm not an eternal security guy. I think... You need to get your butt back into church and and, uh, and, and be in the house. Are you allowed to say butt my Ella? I mean, that's what we say in Adelaide. Uh, get, 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 no, I was just checking with them first. If, if, I figure it just, I just think it gets progressively worse as you go west. So if you can say butt and my Ella, you can say anything in Port Lincoln. But we shouldn't, we, we've got to tell, here's the thing, this church will work because there is some assembly of God. Assembling of ourselves together. That'd be a great name for a movement, the Assembly of God. I don't know about you, but that's, that's what I'm a part of. That's what, that's what I signed up for, and you changed it on us, Mr. President. No, I'm, I'm winding you up. I tell you, I'm committed to this thing no matter what they call it. We, we're a part of something so good. But he says, go to church. Paul says, go to church. I believe we've got to start preaching this again. Say, it's time to come back. Praise God. I'm going to hit this hard for our church over the next few weeks. Get into the church. Be in the house of God. There, there's things that don't happen at home. TV evangelists make bad pastors. They'll bless you. They'll minister to you. They're not going to visit you in hospital. They're not going to do the funerals. They're not doing the pastoral care. 
We need to tell our people, get into the house of God in Jesus' name and not apologize for it. And, and so, but the problem is COVID-19 turned you off. So I want to preach dunamis point, get back to church. Number two, Romans 16, 16. What does the Bible say? You're going to love this. Greet each other with a holy kiss. I tried to give Rob Santos Stefano one this morning and he was resistant. And he went all COVID on me. I, who do I obey? The COVID marshal or the Bible? The Bible has given me an instruction. And that word, holy kiss, holy kiss means a breathy kiss. I don't know how you, I'm not encouraging that, but I, but, but, but I believe, what do we preach in this season? Go to church, embrace one another. If I have to chicken wing another person, it's just, I mean, we've got to do what we've got to do. Because this virus has affected nearly 600 people in South Australia in the last year. You've got a bigger chance of dying in a road accident on the way to this thing than dying of COVID. I, I just think the world's so full of fear. I think the world is worse than other places. And if I lived in America, I'd go and live under a rock for the next six months until this thing blows over. But I live in Australia, the great southland of the Holy Ghost, where we've got a spirit-filled PM, and I feel like God's grace and favours on our nation. And, but, but at the same time, I don't know about you, I, this is how we do meet and greets at my church, I'll tell you. I'll say, friends, we've got to do a COVID safe meet and greet. I'm just going to look this way so I won't know what's going on. And, and I'll just talk to someone over here, and they're hugging and kissing each other and just spreading the disease. It's been brilliant. We started Mark's. 16, 15, what does it say? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We can't do that because the borders are closed. Do you understand that this thing is actually chipping away at the core fabric of everything we're called to do to take the gospel to the world? Thank goodness the technology works for us. Thank goodness that the centurion uh, came to Jesus and said, can you pray for my servant? He's dying, but I'll come to your house. Thank goodness we can do that. So I, I understand that God's not bound to this and understand that the realm of faith and the realm of the spirit operate in different ways but I still look at this and think let's still fight uh, for, 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 for the old school values of how to build the kingdom of God and when the timing is right let's preach the stuff we have this week and, and not forget I don't want to come back once this disease is gone I will hug and kiss every single person in my church and I'll linger Rob I'll linger Mark 16, 18, here's another one. Here's another one you can't do. Jesus says, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What a world we're living in when there's a disease. Sorry, I can't lay my hands on you because there's a disease. What do you, what do, you do? I was preaching on Sunday morning at this church and I was, I was told, oh yeah, I had quite a lot of rules. And I was very troubled by them. No, I had this commitment, you know, this media scrutiny, whatever. And he said, this, this is not really allowed to lay hands on people. So there was this girl, and she was, she needed God to do something. I believe it for a baby. And, you know, I could tell she was responding to the word, and I wanted to lay my hands on this person. And, I, and Brad Bonham, the pastor, he, he, he was a bit adamant, but he, he controlled it in the moment. So if, if you were her, I, I, just, I, I just think, I, I put a handshake on her hand, but... So I said to the church, church, what's that? Everyone looked up, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, she's now got COVID. It's not, no. This is Acts 2. 
So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, verse 46, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness. I often eat my food with shame. <laughs> All you healthy people eat with gladness. I sit in the back of McDonald's in my car, drive a dumpster alone and eat with shame. <laughs> put our hands on people. We eat together at other people's places. You're not allowed to, there was a lockdown. I couldn't visit anyone's house. My neighbor brought a coffee from his house to my house. You know, my neighbor's across the street. He's got his one of the Australian Tech companies. And so he, he runs up to my house with his coffee, knocks on the door, and he thinks he can leave. I'm like, no, just, just chat. How are you going? We're worried about the neighbors. And we didn't want to get a phone call. If the police came, I would have said, my name's David, this is Joseph. Both pastors of this thing, church, even though I'm not, I'd just rather them get in trouble than me. My name is Ashley Evans. I, yeah, I'm so sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. But do you see God taking the food to the gathered, to the broken, Travel taking off with the world, put your hands on people, eat together, break bread together. I try to do that today. I got a slap on the hand from the COVID mask at the customs office at Apple. I didn't mean to offend them, they're very lovely guys. No, but do you understand where we're, we're, we're just, this, this to me is just so at odds with how the gospel is spread all over the world. And thank God for innovation and everybody's finding new ways to do it. But I cannot wait until we get home with some of these days of how to how to have a move of God. And man, I thought I'd welcome you to minister like this. But the problem is we can't have a minister like this. Because if Jesus operated the ministry he had during COVID, he would have been locked up. I'll prove it to you. John 9, 6, Jesus spat in dirt. And made mud and put it in the blind man's eyes. Well, that's illegal. I've had I had to stop doing that in March. John twenty, John twenty twenty two. Jesus breathed on his disciples. Well, we're not allowed to do that. Some people think it was like this, Pastor Joseph. It's not. It's blowing on his disciples. It was. Yes. It's Come here, Thomas. Come here, Thaddeus. That's how, that's how he did it. Not allowed to do that anymore. Jesus touched the leper. Not allowed to touch people. And the leper had the communicable disease. How many know that when that sickness came in contact with Jesus, that dunamis power of Almighty God obliterated that disease. Jesus didn't get contaminated. He contaminated sickness and disease for the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt within him. Hallelujah. And another thing that Jesus did, which is would be frowned upon now, he stood very close to Peter's mother-in-law, which I'm actually glad for that for now, because I don't have to be too close to my mother-in-law. But but not only did he stand close to her, he touched her and he was he, she, she was healed. So Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. That's why Peter denied him. If my, if my mother-in-law, if my mother-in-law 
had some kind of ailment and Josh Brett came over with the oil and got her healed, I wouldn't talk to you either. Do you know Josh Brett? Never met him. Never met him. No friend of mine. <laughs> Mark 4.34, Jesus, he was in a boat with his disciples. Well, you're not allowed to do that now. No cruising. Mark 7.33, Jesus put his fingers in a deaf man's... Now, can we just actually talk about this? Outside of the message, this is an interesting ministry style. Jesus put his fingers in a deaf man's ears and then spat on his fingers before placing them on his tongue. Any deaf people here today? I, I feel an anointing. a large crowd thronged him. Now, the large crowd wouldn't be allowed to be there and the small crowd would have to socially distance. Mark 5.41, he took him to see Pharisees. How many know when Jesus takes a dead person's hands, they're not dead for very long. I heard, I think it was D.L. Moody had to preach a funeral and he decided he's going to preach a funeral message that Jesus would preach at funerals. So the church in Pentecost looking for a funeral message only to realize every single dead person Jesus came in contact with came back to life. Oh, hallelujah. That's good news. Is it just me? I was in a good mood this morning, but I'm in a better mood now uh, because I believe we've got to fight this thing by faith. Let's not back off our Pentecostal power. Let's understand that you and I have been baptized in the same spirit that was on Jesus, that same spirit that went into the garden tomb and raised the lifeless body of Jesus. I'm believing God that our response to this uh, as, our, as a church, and even it's not my place to speak direction into this state, but I encourage you, men and women of God, let's believe God for the greatest measure of the power of God that we've ever seen in our churches. Right? What the enemy's meant for evil, God will turn around and make it good. I think I've finished. That's, that's, that's probably about the best way to get my message together. But can I, I, I'd like to just pray for everyone real quick. Let's just, let's just stand and raise our hands to heaven. Pastor Josh Brett prophesying this morning over Josh, I just feel like, I just feel like that's Pastor Josh. I feel like that's, I feel like you're going to be doing that all over the city. I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like there's a, there's a prophetic flow about to burst forth in the name of Jesus. And, and the word of the Lord's announced has always been prophetic, but I feel like you've got, yeah, I just, when you started prophesying over Josh, I just felt flame falling in the room. Bible says in 1 John 2, 27, the anointing is of Jesus and he abides in you. And I just speak today, why don't we just ask God to breathe on that anointing, stir that anointing in the name of Jesus. The COVID marshal in the room could just keep his eyes closed. I'd love it if you put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. And, uh, and that's release the anointing. Just release the power of God. Just release the fire of heaven. Spirit of God, I just pray, let it let a fresh move of God happen in this region. Lord God, Sejuna, Wyala, Kimba, Tumbi. Lord God, here in Paul Lincoln, Elliston. Lord God, is there any others, Pastor Rob, that I forgot? 
Queensland, it's not part of this region, so no, sorry. Lord God, I just pray a fresh wind of your spirit of God, even on Queensland. Lord God, let a, let a, let a fresh anointing come on every every church. Lord, for, for the Mackleraths, Lord God, over there in Sejuna, let, let a, fresh, a fresh move of your spirit blow. The, the winds of the spirit are blowing again in our nation. It's beginning to rain, says God. I'm pouring out my anointing, says God, in a new new measure in a new day. You know, I know I'm talking to the choir. You can you can take your hands off each other now. But you know, the anointing does all the heavy lifting. The anointing does the heavy lifting. And so much of us, we hit the end of the year. We just this year is navigating. We've had to we've had to be so adaptable to just figure it out. We've it's we've had to be so nimble. I speak to a lot of pastors. They're just a little bit, a little wrecked at the end of this year. It's just not, it's not been easy. And, and, and I can tell you, you might go, well, I, I pastor in this location. It's tough. You know, for the pastor of a large church, uh, they've had it easy. I think the mega church pastors are the most miserable right now. The, the ones I talk to, just they can't, none of the restrictions work for them. At least some of us can make those work. It's, it's been tough from Hillsong to, to, to the, the smallest church in the nation, to Planet Shakers Melbourne being closed nine months and they can only have 150 people in a 2,000 seat building with masks. I mean, we, we've been pretty blessed here, but I, I, I just want to encourage you, fight for faith in your atmosphere, but fight to keep faith alive on the inside of you. And when, 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 how many watch the news? intercession, getting the prophetic word of the Lord. I was in a fetal position calling out for my mother. She never, she never came. Then I, then I got myself together. I went and sat in the study at home and sat there and began to pray in the language of heaven, which I'm bilingual. 